This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and the stories that that are shared demonstrate that no matter what you have gone through, you can choose happiness. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to talk to you about shifting your perspective. This is so important because there are so many things that frustrate us or stress us out. And if we were able to shift our perspective of the situation, we would be so much happier. You see, we all have our own perspective, which is the way we view the world. It's like the lens in which we see things. When we shift our perspective, it changes our perception of life. Our perception is the way we think about or understand someone or something, and it is also what we understand or interpret from our five senses. However, our perception is shaped by our past experiences, feelings, and thoughts. Think of it as looking at the glass half full or half empty. In short, when we change our perspective, it changes our perception, which in turn changes our beliefs and ultimately changes our reality. So change your perspective, change your life. It sounds simple, yet it can be very challenging for some to actually achieve. If you would like to learn more about this topic and how to work with me personally, please visit sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free 15-minute call with me and to get access to a free digital copy of my book, Happiness Solved. I also invite you to join my growing community by texting me at 703-420-3472 to receive daily inspirational messages. Again, that number is 703-420-3472. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed today's interview. Today's guest is Zachary Green. Zach is a U.S. Marine veteran, former firefighter, and entrepreneur who started a safety products company out of the trunk of his car and grew it to a $30 million company. He is the author of The Warrior Entrepreneur, which recently was released and became a bestseller in several categories and countries on Amazon. This is such a great conversation about being a warrior entrepreneur, and you certainly don't want to miss it. Hey, Zachary, how's it going today? Doing great, Sandy. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to speak with you. Oh, same here. And thank you so much for your service. I love speaking with former military and your Marines, which I know are the best, right? Don't forget (laughs) it. Don't let any soldiers or sailors tell you differently. (laughs) I've talked to enough people in my life that it's no Marines, number one. But but you kind of are the badasses, I think. Well, you certainly have it the hardest. I can tell you that much without question. That's what I'm talking about. It seems like you do have it the hardest. So, so you, I mean, you have a very interesting story. So let's just start with that because I love to hear people's story and how they got to where they are today. So tell me Certainly. your story. So, you know, I, I was very fortunate. I had a wonderful family growing up, lived in a great upper class neighborhood, parents that took care of 
virtually everything for me. The, the challenge was I had very significant learning disabilities growing up. Severe ADHD, uh, dyslexia. Went to like seven different schools from kindergarten through my senior year of high school. And wow. I was constantly being told by my teachers and everyone there that you're not going to amount to anything. You're a failure. Things aren't going to work out for you. And my parents always gave me the opportunity to excel, even though it was difficult for me to excel. What I learned early on, though, is the more people told me I wasn't going to be successful, the more people told me that I was stupid and I couldn't make things work the way that I should make them work, the more it empowered me to think I'm going to prove everybody wrong. That actually created the success that I have today. And it's funny because ADHD is considered a disability, but it's called multitasking when you get out of school. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this guy's an energetic multitasker. He can organize this. He can organize that. Um, at a very early age, I had a deep love and appreciation and patriotism to our country, but really the Marine Corps. I don't know why, because no one in my family had ever been in the military, let alone the Marines of all things. And um, when I turned 18, I ended up down on uh, the Paris Island, South Carolina at, at Marine Boot Camp. 16 of the most difficult weeks anybody can imagine. And what was interesting was the kids that had a really hard life. The, we're talking coal mines of West Virginia, projects of Philadelphia, slums in New Orleans. They flourished at boot camp because they got three meals a day and a nice, comfortable bed and nobody was trying to kill them or anything. Well, trying to kill them. I mean, not totally kill them. I mean, the drill instructors are pretty tough. Not but intentionally I, trying to kill them. Not intentionally, right? <laughs> Metaphorically. I really struggled because literally when I say this, my mom laid my clothes out for me my senior year of high school on the bottom of my bed. I never really had to work for anything. My parents provided a lot of stuff. And now all of a sudden I'm being challenged to a level that I can't even imagine. And that's where I learned this whole warrior's journey that we'll talk about here in a second. Um, I left the Marine Corps in the late 90s. Two years later, September 11th happened. I was just riddled with all this guilt that I had left my brothers and sisters. And, and now they're taking the fight to the enemy and I'm not with them. And the reason I left the Marine Corps is because I wanted to get deployed. I wanted to go fight and kill for my country. And I never got the opportunity to. So I did the next best thing, which is joined our local volunteer fire department. Now, at the time, I, my full-time job was at Eli Lilly and Company, big pharmaceutical company. I learned a lot about building billion-dollar brands and, and how to solve a solution, not try to sell features and benefits. And early on, I got lost in a fire. And it was horrifying, right, when I started in the fire service. And I thought, okay, this is a problem. Guys getting lost in the fire. I remember talking to my captain when I got out and he's like making fun of me. And he's like, look, this happens to everybody. You just have to get used to that. And I'm thinking like, no, that doesn't make sense. We shouldn't find something to, to fix this problem. So I came up with this glow in the dark material. Okay. Hold on a second. What do you mean you got lost in the fire? Cause I, I don't know what you're talking about. What, what does right. that mean? So elaborate a little bit more on that because I yeah, know where so you're getting, where you're there's going. There's a couple but. different jobs you have once you go into a burning building on the fire department. I was on a okay. search and rescue team. And one of the things we do is we go ahead of the engine that has the hose. They put the wet stuff on the red stuff and get the fire out. The truck company's job is to open up the walls and the ceilings so we can get ventilation and also get to the fire that's made behind the wall. And my job was to go in there real fast and search for victims or the source of the fire. 
I was working my way down the hallway, assuming that once I got to the end of the hallway, there'd be a staircase or a door and you can't see anything. And when I say it's not like getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom where you can see a little, you know, nightlight, you put your hand this far in front of your face. You can't even see your fingers. You got wow. 80 pounds of gear. You're very, um, your dexterity is almost at zero. You, you've got these big bulky gloves and a face mask on and as I got to the end of the hallway, there was no door there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually in a walk-in closet and I have no idea how to get out of here. Meanwhile, I looked down at my air temperature or my air gauge and I'm down to 20 minutes of air. And you know, nobody dies in fire from the fire. That's a myth. You die from the smoke and the toxic chemicals. The second that black smoke touches your lung, it's instant cardiac arrest. And within 20 minutes, if I couldn't find my way out, um, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Right. Wow. Okay. So you get lost in the fire and you were talking to your commander and he's like, oh, it happens all the time. And it does. And I'm like, no, we can do better. And I remembered when I was in the Marine Corps infantry on the back of our helmets, we had these two little glow in the dark tabs and that way we could keep track of each other. And I remember doing some research I'm not that smart of a guy, but I know smart people. And I remember working at Eli Lilly, I talking to the scientists, brilliant people. Um, and so what I did was I wanted to find a way to make that glow in the dark material glow brighter and longer. And so I got some really brilliant physicists and developers and we kept working on projects after project. And we finally came up with this product that glowed so bright, it was like a flashlight and you literally, it would glow for, for a dozen plus hours and make wow. a product out of it, put it on my helmet, go into a fire a couple months later. All of a sudden, everyone goes, hey, where'd you get that? I'm like, well, I made them. So I make a couple more. And over the next six months, I made about $5,000 selling this out of the trunk of my car. Um, what I would do is I'd drive to a fire station, like you know, maybe one in Northern Virginia or something. I'd say, hey, I'm a firefighter from Cincinnati. Can we go in the bathroom and turn the lights off together? And if they didn't beat me up, they usually said, oh, this is pretty cool. Because that's where I could get them in that dark area where they couldn't see anything because there's usually not windows and bathrooms. And I would talk about the problem of being disoriented. And they all got lost just like I did. Then I'd pull out this glow-in-the-dark material and say, now look, this can solve your problem. So six months goes by. I'm making a couple bucks, you know, just enough to be a hobby. I go to this big trade show. In three days of the trade show, we book $100,000 in business. Now, wow. the problem was I had no money to buy all the raw materials to fill those orders. I had nobody that could produce them. I had no way to ship them. And people are like, you got to stop taking orders. And I'm like, no, I'm a Marine. We accomplish the mission always, no matter what. I'll figure it out. And what you find with entrepreneurship is most people aren't willing to make the sacrifices that you need to make to be successful. One of those first sacrifices was I refinanced my home. I maxed out my credit cards. I started draining my 401k to fill those orders. And over the next 10 years, I grew it into about a $30 million total revenue company. Um, that's the good news. The bad news is there was a lot of uh, peaks and a lot more valleys than peaks along the way. And, and that's where I really developed the, the warrior's journey and, and really went into the, the book Warrior Entrepreneur that I ultimately came out with a few months ago. Wow. That's no, but that's really, yes. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you did and, and I've been there before starting companies and it's, it takes a lot of backbone, 
resilience just to keep it going and to keep it going. So that's that's really amazing. So you still have you still have the company now? Yes. Yep. The company is still rocking and rolling. I've been very fortunate to hire a, a great executive team, including a CEO, so I can be more in a supportive role now rather than being responsible for the day to day. And and I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs fail to do. I realized the company had grown bigger than me and I was actually holding the company back. And when I was able to bring on a CEO and focus on being more of a founder and a visionary, um, the company really started to take off from there. Well, you know, kudos to you because not a lot of people will, will get to that point where they realize that. But that's how the big, big companies are built. You know, you, you had the vision. Now find people smarter than you to take it to the next level, right? Absolutely. And it's the yeah. skill set of starting a company is so drastically different than the skill set of running a company. When you start a company, you got to focus on intangibles. You got to focus on selling them this pig with lipstick on it, you know, and tell them it's not really a pig. When you're a CEO, it's all about detail and focus and cash management and HR and, and those type of things. And those are all things that I neglected. And, and that's really how I learned this warrior journey um, that, you know, I'd love to kind of share some examples of, of how that came together. Yes. Yes. So you have your recent book, The Warrior Entrepreneur, right? That's yep. the and title. so yep. I wanted to write an autobiography and my editor's like, look, other than your wife and your mom, nobody wants to read your autobiography unless your name's Donald Trump or Beyonce or something like that. <laughs> His comment to me was, what were the lessons you learned along the way? And then how can you incorporate your experience into that? And, and that's really what happened with the book. Yeah. I'd love to hear some of those experiences. That so it's great. When you look at the warrior's journey, this goes all the way back to Homer and the Iliad and Odysseus and Greek tragedy. And it starts with a hero that is challenged, that struggles, that has a problem. And as they learn from those struggles and challenge, they get stronger. Iron sharpens iron, you know, goes all the way back to biblical time. Um, talking about all these things that we can do to become stronger and, and develop that rhino skin, if you will, the calluses. But at some point in time in that warrior's journey, you're gonna have this crucible. And the crucible is this major catastrophe, this crisis in your life. Now, it could be um, death of a loved one, it could be a divorce, it could be a drug or alcohol problem. In my case, it was my business was running out of money and we were failing. And in that crucible, a couple things happen. Number one, the abyss comes to life. The abyss is that dark hole that the philosopher Nietzsche talked about said, if you stare long enough into the abyss, the abyss will eventually stare back. And what he meant is that it will consume you. And what happens is you see people that are in abusive relationships or they they can't get away from the bottle. And the longer they're there, the harder it is to get out. That's the abyss. It's pulling them farther and farther and deeper into that abyss. Now, you have to honor the abyss and respect the abyss, but not spend too much time. And the way I mean that is if you're walking your dog down the street and you're, there's this big semi-truck that's coming next to you, you know that that semi-truck will splatter you and you'll be dead before you know what happened. But don't spend too much time on it. Just focus on staying on the sidewalk and recognize that things are really bad if you go over here and take a step this way. Same thing in that crucible. Now, to get through the crucible, there's two things you have to do. You have to transform and you have to change. 
um, and conquer your crucible. Now the transform and change part is if you keep doing the things that you did before, you're going to get right back to where you were. The conquering is you can't just simply survive your crucible. You have to destroy what got you to that. And that destruction could be all that negative talk that happened when you were younger, when people told you in school you weren't going to make it. Or it could be this bad relationship you had where someone said you're ugly and you're not good and you just got to, you got to be able to unpack those bad things there and, and recognize them and kill them. Right. The transformation is, is what happened. So my crucible happened about seven years into the business. I get a phone call from my CFO. I'd just taken vacation. hadn't spent a lot of time with my family. I was going to check out. No emails, no text messages, nothing. Well, you know how well that works when you own a business. So I said, <laughs> yeah. whatever you do, don't call me unless there's an emergency. Well, guess what? Three days later, he calls me up and says, I'm we got problems. Uh, the big customer didn't pay us on time. We had to pay a bunch of extra things that we didn't realize, and we can't make payroll coming up. And you got to prepare yourself for liquidation and ultimately bankruptcy of the company. Well, I fall to my knees and I have what I thought was a heart attack. I could feel my chest burning. I could feel electrical currents going down my arm. Everything they taught us in the fire department that these are signs of the big one, get them to a hospital immediately. And I realized it was actually more of a panic attack than a heart attack after my wife started talking to me. She's a doctor. She was there like, look, you, you just, the stress is killing you. I mean, literally killing me. Right. So that was my abyss. That was the bottom. And the transformation that I made was, and the conquering is, first of all, I fired almost all of my executive staff. I brought in a new CEO. I stepped down and resigned as CEO and said, Thump, something needs to change. Now, had that abyss and that crisis not been there. I don't know if I would have made that decision. Mm. Um, when you're in a crisis, all options are open, including really, really bad options like suicide or doing something like that, because you would never think about that unless you're in the crisis. And that's where you got to be real careful when you get to that point to make sure you take that right decision and, and journey. And the way you do that is through the training and the hardship that happened before you got to that point. Mm. So what what advice do you offer any entrepreneur that, that gets into that situation? So the first advice I give you is it's really, really tough. And you can't underestimate that, that toughness. Um, the words you used earlier are absolutely 100% spot on. Grit is the word I love a lot. Perseverance, tenacity. A thing we need to really think about, and we haven't done this a lot lately, is, is serenity and compassion and having that outlet because we know about PTSD in the military. We know that the, the numbers are off the charts, but what people don't understand is 70% of all entrepreneurs have experienced depression to the point where they've considered themselves to have a mental illness. 70%. Mm -hmm. And it's that's, lonely that's because astounding. we're usually, yeah, just onesies and twosies that are out there. And you can't talk to your employees. Sometimes you can't talk to your family about it. So making sure you're a mentally strong enough to handle this journey is the first one. Two, embracing the risk that goes along with it. The, the famous quote that I'm sure I'll butcher is, entrepreneurs live a few years of their life like most people could never imagine so they can live the rest of their life like no, most people never could. You have to put that in. And recognize the odds are pretty high that you're going to fail. 
And that's okay. Cause in that failure, you're going to learn what to do next time. The only way you yeah. can truly fail is to, to completely give up and never throw your hat back in the ring again. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So what else does your book offer entrepreneurs? So I, I, the book is really divided into three categories. The first category is the science of adversity. I really get into the neurobiology of what fight and flight is. It's called the sympathetic and parasympathetic system. These are right. the part of your brain that you can't control. So a lion comes at you or you walk into a business meeting and realize that your laptop just crashed and you don't have the presentation you've been working on for three or four months. If you can start to harness that, that process, because your body's going to release adrenaline, cortisol, all these chemicals, and it can make you not think clearly, but you can harness that to your benefit if you're a warrior. Uh, the example I give to everyone is if you've ever been in a car accident, everyone tells you the second before impact, everything slows down like a movie, like slow motion. And what the reason is, is your body has flooded your brain with all these chemicals and oxygen to say something really bad is getting ready to happen. Let's try to absorb it. It's a superpower. It's incredible. Imagine if you can harness that power to slow down time. The guy that's shooting free throws at the at the free throw line and the place is screaming and yelling. And he talks about, I can just zone out and have nothing. So that's one of the things you learn about in this book or, or how to recognize those triggers and how to focus on the fight rather than the flight. Right. The second part of the book is I go through a series of chapters talking from serenity and teamwork and courage and purpose. And I give these really great stories ranging from entrepreneurs like Momofuku Ando, uh, who invented ramen noodles, to Walt Disney, wow. to Elon Musk, to um, Kate Spade, who wasn't able to get through her crucible and was and spent yeah. too much time in that abyss of those issues. And you talk yeah. to her friends and family and they talk about this has been a struggle she's had for years. She spent too much time in that. It didn't get the right help that she needed and, and ultimately right. took her life. Um, I talk about um, the ancient Spartans. I talk about the samurai. The samurai spent just as much time on sword fighting as they did on poetry and calligraphy and the uh, tea ceremony. And the reason wow. why is the more they could learn other experiences outside of killing people, the more that's going to make them creative and be able to handle other things. And when they're in a combat, their brain is operate on such a different level than most other people are, they're going to be able to see different parts of the battle and, and protecting um, their, their charges different than other people. Will. And so wow. the book, again, just a great book. It's a, it's a book you can certainly sit down. I've talked to many people that have read it, you know, nonstop in two days, but I also want it to be a guidebook that if you just need a little help and you just want to focus on this one chapter, you can read some stories and find inspiration from those, those stories and those chapters. Wow. Now you said there's three parts. You talked about the first two. What's the third part? So the third part is, is my story that I weave okay. in and out through that. So as I start the book off, I almost died of COVID a year ago, spent two weeks oh in the gosh. ICU. I stopped breathing at a real near death experience. Oh that my was gosh. a real, real abyss. Like I can't tell you how close I was to that abyss of death and the experience that I learned from that and the training that I had to help prepare me to get through that and not give up. Um, I talk about my story of, you know, 
adversity and what I had to go through in the Marine Corps and how I specifically learned things. One of the things that's so pushed on in all branches of the military, especially the Marine Corps, is teamwork. And there was one time when we were marching in formation, 60 of us, and all 59 of them go one way and I go the wrong way. And I collapse, what's called collapsing the formation because everyone starts running into them because I turn left instead of right. Well, you know what the drill instructor did to me? He didn't punish me. He took the whole platoon. We have this thing called the sandbox, which is basically a sandbox that you do high intensity calisthenics, you know, push-ups, bends and thrusts, burpees, you know, jumping jacks over and over. You're covered in sweat and blood because the guy's kicking you in front of you because it's too small for all of you to get in there. He stands me in the front of the platoon and makes the whole platoon do um, punishment. And every time they do a punishment, they have to say my name over and over again. So what they're doing is they let me down and I let them down and they were showing that by, and you can imagine the guys, the rest of the day weren't real happy with me. Yeah. I with one eye open that night in the squad bay because I didn't know what they were going to do to me, but that's part of teamwork. And those are the lessons that I kind of share and, and pull through all that. That sounds amazing. And I understand it was a best-selling book on Amazon and also in several countries. Yeah, the first uh, couple of weeks, it really took off great and had a lot of people that said, okay, what's next? Um, I don't think I can go through writing another book again, but what I am doing now is creating some really exciting online training. Now, this is not gonna be your run-of-the-mill online training like you typically see with a couple PowerPoints and videos. I'm gonna literally create a board game. Think of it as like, um, shoots and ladders where you go down this journey and each step along the way you're going to earn certain patches like in the boy scouts and once you get a certain number of patches that unlocks this other part of the journey and that journey is going to take you through it's obviously going to be mostly focused on entrepreneurship and business startup but anybody can take this course that just wants to get personal development and as you start to learn about grit and tenacity and you hear stories and examples then eventually we'll go down and you can choose, okay, well, I want to start my own business. So how do I write a business plan? How do I pitch to investors? Or, hey, I've already got a business, but I want to scale to the next level. Or, hey, I need help with sales and marketing. And it's all going to be built off of that warrior foundation and these different pathways you can take within that um, training. I love it. And that, oh my gosh, there's so many ways and avenues you can go with that. That sounds incredible. Wow. Well, you are doing so many amazing things, Zach, and I'm so happy for you. So is there anything else that you want to share with the audience? No, I mean, I, I, I love it when people reach out. My email is always the best way, ZacharyLGreen at gmail.com. LinkedIn is also another great way to connect with me. And then my website is WarriorEntrepreneurBook.com. Um, if they use the coupon podcast 2021, they can get 50% off on the book. Uh, both hardbound and paper copy. I'm more than happy to, to sign a book for you too when I send it out. And obviously there's a contact us section on the bottom. I really would appreciate if people would fill that out, reach out to me. And when I launch this this online warrior training system, um, I'll, I'll be able to share that information with, with the people that sign up. Nice. Wow. I love that. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes. And thank you so much, Zach. It's been such an honor. And thank you again for your service. And what a great product you created that I'm sure is going to save so many people's lives. Those firefighters are definitely our unsung heroes in the world, for sure. 
Sandy, thank you for your support and everything you're doing out there too. All right, take care. Sex shared so much valuable information, not only for entrepreneurs, but for anyone who wants to be a warrior of their own life. You can learn more about Zach on his website, which is www.warriorentrepreneurbook.com. If you do purchase his book, you can use the coupon PODCAST2021 to receive a discount. So thank you so much for listening today. If you want to learn more about me, please visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com. And if you're enjoying these podcast episodes and interviews, please leave me a review. I would really, really appreciate it. So as always, I hope that you and your family stay safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.